0: Hold up, partner. This is illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read a book this week. I watched a movie. This week we are covering Clint Eastwood's Cry Macho... Going down a little dusty trail today. Uh, it is a Clint Eastwood directed film. It's also starring Clint Eastwood. Um, he does that from time to time. You know, uh, you know crazy, <laughs> cl- crazy Clint. We're going to get into it, but uh, he, he's starring in a film where uh, he is tasked an old an old ranch hand, old uh, horse uh, stunt rider, was tasked with going to collect his boss's child from deep within mexico and it's the story of these people on two ends of their lives coming together and finding some quiet peace at that time it's a very interesting movie uh and we're gonna get into it It, uh, guess what it's based on a book
1: (laughs) that has actually had quite a long production cycle and history
0: out in hollywood so that was right novel to me that it I I didn't do much looking on the background of this one, but I did see that he had considered making this not long after the book was published, no? Mm -hmm. It's been in production cycles, in and out. We'll get
1: into that when we cover the film side of things. But yeah, just so story. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And even this story, like just as you were describing it, it feels like, oh, this is a classic Western, you know, Clint Eastwood has some legacy so he can a make sunset one,
0: but... Western. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And also the title I just saw, it's the most Clintian Eastwoodian title. Like you could retitle any of his films cry macho and
0: it would be, that's his, I, his energy tr- I, right on the face. I was like, oh man, a uh, kind of, you know, uh, a you know, a tip of the hat sunset to like you know growing into your manliness by Clint Eastwood I'll I'll check it out <laughs>
1: you yeah. know the other thing i saw Clint Eastwood i didn't realize this at all an anagram so when you rearrange the letters of his name it spells old west action
0: what no take, whoa yeah. <laughs> oh, no
1: <laughs> yeah jumble the letters of clint eastwood no adding any other things it's just old west action he is the embodiment of that and he's old now. He's 91. Wow. And in this movie, he was 90. I so mean, I honestly that. really
0: have enjoyed a lot of his late work. Um, when I yeah. when I really discovered his late work, I liked the movie Changeling. I was in high school. Oh, yeah. Um, I was really taken with that movie, Angelina Jolie. Um, and I, I thought it was just a fabulous movie. And from then on, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Clint Eastwood as a modern, you know, I knew he had directed. He had directed all throughout his career, but I, I didn't mm-hmm. know at that age that he was still making movies and that if he was it he would make a modern movie that could appeal to my sensibilities at that time being a teenager <laughs> right. consistently uh you know they're not all like incredible but uh, they're all they're all competent they're all interesting yeah.
1: you'll be happy to learn this the numbers speak for itself he was this is only in film 65 acting credits wow. he was on 65 different films directed 40
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's a, so that's a good ratio.
1: <laughs> and, you know, it's like I just saw this thing where it's like, oh, Sean Penn or Robert De Niro, you know, they try to direct a movie here or there, and then it's whatever, or maybe it's okay. But to consistently as an actor, then also direct 40 movies, he is right. equal almost in, in both capacities.
0: If you can work with a chimp in a comedy movie in 1978, you can do anything, every which way but <laughs> loose. I don't want to let people forget about that. Right. Anything is possible. Yeah. You could do
1: anything if you could do that. Go ahead. <laughs> the book will start there. 1975 novel by Nathan Richard Nash N. Richard Nash, written almost 50 years ago. Not the most nuanced when it comes to female characterization, that's oh. for sure. Okay. Also, the main character
0: is middle age, so not ninety. That's interesting because what I had read is that he was like maybe in his like mid fifties when he was you know, maybe or or maybe earlier than that, when he just you know wanted to make it, but it's like I'm not old enough
1: yet. Yeah, so that <laughs> was right when he was doing the fifth Dirty Harry film in nineteen eighty eight. How he old had, was he? he? In eighty eight. God, I don't know. He'd, he would have been 50 something. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he, yeah. He, he,
0: that's what I mean. He was like early. I'll, we'll get benefit of the doubt. Early 50s. Yeah. And so. Yeah. But then he was like, I'm not old enough. But you're telling me the book is like somebody middle aged. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So like, even if he wasn't old enough, like, why didn't he tackle it at, in 15 or 20 years is my first question. You know, that's my just my leading mm-hmm. thought is <laughs> that really what we're getting down to. You're not quite old enough. <laughs> but then you waited till you were 91 anyway well, clearly there's more to it than that just, there is
1: more to yeah, it yeah we'll, we'll just we'll see where he goes but yeah definitely wasn't just the age thing maybe it has to do with westerns or his directing adding yeah, to it yeah but it's just it was interesting to me yeah he says he's middle-aged but it still becomes age as a problem for this character that he's passing on in life yeah. and is too old to deal with this stuff right but definitely not to the film's degree. It starts with him getting his arthritis tennis elbow in his arm and then gets a broken leg from the rodeo. So there is physical impediments Mm. to him in the book that play a big role. That's cool. The thing that I saw in the book that maybe isn't so much, because I know Clint Eastwood very much is all about insinuating or letting the audience draw conclusions without really giving the whole of a character... The book centers around this guy who has a very troubled relational past, divorced, his ex-wife remarries, which puts him into this feeling of hopelessness, but more so because of his lack of having children. And mm. two of his children were stillborn, and then his daughter at the age of seven died. Oh, my gosh, And that God. was the catalyst for breaking up this relationship with his wife. And then he's also yeah. adulterous and drunk and all this other stuff. But. I thought it was interesting that they really double down in the novel on his lack of children and that that's centering. I don't know if that's the case when he's ninety. You know, well,
0: it's interesting in terms of his style because it seems as if while the character now in the film is not in the midst of that. He's on the back end of having that have happened. He's not ailed at anything at the current moment. You know what I mean? It's all (laughs) past and history. It's all storied injuries. And and he feels textured and real instead of having like, well, this just happened or this happened last year. It's like, no, this is an old man who has been broken after a long, you know, for a long time. Mm Um, yeah so adding to that insinuating is what I'm getting at is like it's helping put in that arm of being like well he's you know it's insinuating all of these things but rather than being so over in in terms of like it's happened recently
1: that's interesting yeah that makes sense then with Clint Eastwood style that he would say this is older very interesting yeah so this guy who wrote it then and Richard Nash Mostly known for being a playwright before he became mm-hmm. a novelist, known for writing Broadway shows, which you can definitely oh. feel in the way that the novel is written. It's a lot of people in rooms talking, not as much action pieces, which I know right. being less wild west yeah craziness. i mean it's not
0: no i mean like if you sold this as an action film that would be so disingenuous <laughs> <laughs> right right it's like it's a very quiet like meditation on the like the sunset of a wild life yeah you know?
1: <laughs> and there is some craziness and hullabaloo in the book but it definitely is a lot of people talking back and forth in the car or whatever so this author comes from plays his big one was the rainmaker in 54 which then became a film in 56 with Catherine hepburn Mm. which he also was working on the script for. And so that's why he moved to Hollywood to write the screenplay for that. One of his Broadway shows was not doing well in the 70s. And so he continues to work on screenplays. Mm. And this is when he begins to work on the screenplay for Cry Macho before it's a book. Oh, wow. What happened though was his screenplay was rejected many times by the studios in the 70s, oh, even though he thought it was great. So right? kind of a F you- <laughs> rebellious moment he reworks the material into a novel which then gets published and gets great reviews in 75 when it came out so then <laughs> his final piece de resistance as he comes back and pitches the same screenplay but he said he only changed four pages oh no but because it was based now on the like novel
0: it. that <laughs> was successful oh it's based on a successful novel this is great yeah
1: <laughs> great but he just railed against Hollywood and didn't was, was not into screenplays. Although he did write 11 more and an additionally wrote seven more <laughs> kept, novels. Kept, kept doing it while yeah. complaining the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So he was I not this. He did, <laughs> this
0: whole town.
1: <laughs> Um, some of which were based on Broadway stuff. So he's got his finger in all these different pies, but it's not like he was a grizzled veteran of the old West or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in New York writing Broadway. So some of that maybe. <laughs> maybe it's definitely
0: yes. an interesting lens to put on to Western mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. iconography and themes. Yeah, That lens has a certain quality to it that gives it a certain light. Um, right, and it cool. is interesting because when it comes out in the
1: 70s, like I said, it's not the most revisionist, forward-thinking thing by any means, but what you're teasing around sure, with, right. with the themes of, course, of being of like, oh, this guy who's tired of being the tough guy is not what Westerns are known for. It's, it isn't. That's right. not the premise right. behind most of them. Yeah. So let's jump to this film finally being made, adapted by this guy, Nick Schenk using the original screenplay and him adding to it, frustrating. Mm. I couldn't find much on him or how much he changed from the original that Nash wrote. Mm -hmm. I do know that Clint Eastwood likes not changing things. He'll just outright because this guy, Nick Schenk, worked on Gran Torino, which was an original script. And Clint Eastwood didn't change a single thing from the script that he handed him, even though he's the director and, and main actor. The only thing I was it, that. yeah, it was changed from Minnesota to Michigan, <laughs> where because Nick is from Minnesota, oh, the first script he ever sold uh, mm. to a studio was Gran Torino. So, I same mean, that's thing with directing,
0: man. Yeah, I mean, that's real. That's the mark of a real director. Yeah, you know, people think directing is coming in and like, you know, making all sorts of. All sorts of choices about every, all those sorts of things, trying to rework the script, rework the story. I, but yeah. that's some people. A real practice, director. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm for real. The hallmark of a real director is being able to come in. Here's the story. Well, where am I going to put my my point of view? Where's this camera go? What am I going to focus on at the precise moment to give the precise effect? That's yeah. being a director. It's not. It's not break open the script. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, and you hear that so less and less. So so it's it's, it's so interesting to hear that this like. 91 year old man, you know, and it, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't, he was eight in his 80s, you know, in the late 70s or 80s. Yeah, day. yeah, yeah. Grand Trino, but still that somebody with that kind of career, with that kind of gravitas, that proven, yeah, he really knows, really knows how to have an impact in his role. Also, um, you had mentioned Changeling. He did the same thing. The guy
1: who wrote Changeling, it was the script, and Clint Eastwood said, Looks good. Let's do it. Right,
0: right. So that, um, yeah. that's that's just that's class man that's that's a that's a that's a real professional and a different way of
1: doing things for sure. Yeah.
0: So this script
1: immediately gets bought when you know, like I said, the novel was successful, and then producers won it. Albert S. Ruddy, the producer who also did The Godfather, has been on this forever. He was still on it. He's still one of the producers. Yeah. On this, 46 years later, he's also 91. Don't go down with it. Yeah. <laughs> it both he like and Clint are both 91 it. now. And wow. both had been on it forever. Like I said, in 88, that's when Clint was set, brought on potentially to star. But then he offered to direct instead with Robert Mitchum in the role. Because like we said, he said, oh, I'm mm-hmm. too young mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. this. Got bumped around. Roy Schneider of Jaws was in the role. Mm. And they started filming, from what I could tell, in '91 or at least what? pre-production, but it never got completed. No, so that's out there somewhere.
0: That's a lost uh, film. That's a, <laughs> oh my gosh! That yeah. sounds that sounds really fascinating. Mm-hmm. The, some other people,
1: Burt Lancaster and Pierce Brosnan, were also into the '90s, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger was the big one. Which there's scandal to this, which I always love scandal. Oh no. When. Arnold, Arnold. He was given no. <laughs> he was given the option in 2003. They said you can either do a Westworld remake or Cry Macho, both Western-based things. And then he picked Macho. Then, of course, it was put on hold due to his election and then becoming the governor of <laughs> California. <laughs> so, I see. I see. But still, Albert S. Ruddy on it, saying he's going to get, he's going to do it. Don't worry, he'll get back into it. Of course, they, you know, it was way more action-oriented when he was right. on. <laughs> He's not going to be waxing poetic to some kid. He's going to be busting down a door. You don't always have to be the tough guy. (laughs) Well, that was the thing. It was that was part of his rebranding, which then (laughs) followed suit was he wanted to not always be that. Right. The scandal that happened was that it all came out that he had fathered this son with his house, with a household employee, his maid. And so then, God, this story of this guy going to Mexico to help this kid come back it's like not at all in in league no no brainer why they didn't follow up that
0: project huh?
1: right so he said i don't want this anymore so then clint brought it back in 2020 his style of filmmaking might be the last of it single takes where he doesn't let the actors i heard he doesn't he
0: doesn't even call action he just he just goes (laughs) when you're ready
1: (laughs) Or he'll just start, he'll just say, and, and. just as a contract, you know, just. <laughs> yeah, 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 I've heard that, yeah, and. But it also is part of the very simple pacing, a lack of either exaggeration or subtlety mm-hmm. when it comes to the, the nuance of a thing, <laughs> not for the biggest audience. Right. At all, I don't I, I you saw any of that. Yeah. I
0: wonder what, what uh, people are going to think about the film in, t- in terms of a younger audience, because as somebody who has looked into his recent stuff like I said, it's always competent, it's always well, and it just carries itself very well, well well-paced. You don't feel his Mm -hmm. age in his filmmaking. And so I was struck while I was watching this film and I'm feeling the age in his filmmaking and feeling air Mm -hmm. in moments or feelings of breath, whether you wouldn't, maybe not, you know, modern, you know, modern taste, you might not put one there. I think that they, I think they might be wanting you to, have this conversation is he (laughs) is he cognitively slipping is he losing it is he out of touch you know I I think that there could be choice behind it I'm not I don't know that Mm -hmm. but the more I think about it the more I'm just like well the man's not cognitively declining from any like public report he's a very he's a public person so I you know it was very interesting to have these things you know floating around during and then after watching the film um so i'll be really more now interested to see what his next thing is is like does he go back to like like really sully is like a great Mm -hmm. i remember me and my wife saw that in uh the dolby uh theater and it was just an incredible experience and the 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 technicals of that the actual plane crash the sound mixing that that isn't there's an action sequence in that you know yeah but it's modern. It's it's sophisticated, and this is not. But just a few years ago, compared to this film, which feels antiquated, and you want to you want to say he's rusty. And I'm like, well, <laughs> right? Doesn't that all d- just work for all of the themes for this character? You know, well, it's exactly. Like, and I think second. that's is yeah. Is genius? there an intentional?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: well, also the
1: thematics. That Clint Eastwood's westerns have dealt with in the past are sort of the opposite of who he is in this film where he's the tough guy gunslinger and being old doesn't stand in the way and he rides off into the sunset on another adventure. Very much the classic right. western genres. And in a way, it's like, oh, yeah, is, he, he, is he...
0: The classic cowboy, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, in this film, looking down at the, you know, youngest generation saying, like, maybe... That's not a good idea, (laughs) which is really at a lot of the sentiment is just like you don't have to be so tough. Like it's that there's (laughs) there's so much more to living life and and it'd be a shame to realize that at the end. You know, that's the movie. So um, it's interesting to see those things being, you know. All, you know, it's not a Western, but it is. It's like a meta Western. I don't. What's the word? I what is, I'm striving. <laughs> well, I'll, for tell you, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it. the word yeah. is
1: in a second here. Yeah. So the Western genre, the thematics usually deal with personal justice versus the
0: systems of justice. You know, right, right. A, a nomadic wanderer duels at high noon, finding a deeper sense of of man of like like traditional manhood. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right, or the yeah. The ultimate good versus evil. Something I saw that we had talked about before, Green Knight, anyone, sort of the literary descendants of the knight's errant in King Arthur's stories. King Arthur's was more mm-hmm. the, the code of knighthood and purity and, and all of that.
0: Yes, yes. This would be in that way. This would be like the the knight at the end of the journey being like, I don't know. You might not want to be a knight. <laughs> it's like, also, all those being drags. a knight is not cool. <laughs> it's right. outdated. Or the way, that, the way you know, of like, being a knight. Yeah, exactly. The way that, it's we... a, that way of life has... has declined and gone, not that it's not in there, but it's just not as prevalent, not as necessary. Mm-hmm. And society and civilization are moving on in different ways, evolving. Mm-hmm. And this is the note, the tip of the hat from the back end going like, yeah, we don't have to perpetuate everything, you know, like, we can take Which is take marvelous at 90. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's a it's a real it's a great set. I mean, that's why I was like I was okay to watch the movie to begin with. It was like the title seeing like, oh, a a very old man and a very young man like that are not related, trying to understand each other. It's like it's pretty Mm -hmm. obvious what is going to be dredged up here. So um, for this to be in this Western, to have the cowboy back at the end of his career, the end of his life. With a new modern sentiment, that's like, you you know, you don't have to be so tough all the time. That's worth putting that's worth putting out right now. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, we have to talk about
1: because this is like, oh, well, this is interesting, but there is definitely a decline in interest in Western stories Mm -hmm. for sure. So where it starts and explodes and then perhaps why it detracts, we can discuss starting with the fact that the, the dime novels had been around during the actual colonial West expansion, right. post-Civil War, the literary side of things, as it was happening, already was becoming mythologized Right in, in the heroes of the time. Shortly after following, it was very popular in silent film from the 1890s to 27. Yes. Basically, the, the frontier line, as yes. they say, had disappeared in 1890. There was no more to settle The silent film era, as that was coming to be, uh, enjoyed a lot of it, but it was abandoned by sound studios and the smaller organizations were churning out still the low budget pulpy stuff. Mm -hmm. What revived it, a name we're all familiar with, John Wayne in the 39 production Stagecoach, which was Mm -hmm. one of the biggest hits of the year. And then he became mainstream because he had been working in those B films for a decade. Mm hmm. This was crazy to me for stats. From 1910 to 1960, a quarter of all films featured hats and horses. (laughs) Hats
0: (laughs) and horses.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's like you can point to maybe one or two big ones that come out a year that try and do something cowboy Western. But to say a quarter of all of them for 50 years, peaking in the 50s, the golden age, post World War II goes without saying, showing Native Americans as intruders in their own land right. and Americans taking over, that mythology gets perpetuated through here. Then it it almost makes too much sense. The decline comes in the 60s with younger generations right. opposing the Vietnam War, the civil rights and women's movements. It's the opposite of might makes right and manifest destiny and macho heroes, right? as well as, and I didn't, think about this for too long but then it, again it makes total sense what also is coming out is the space race and the Cold War So sci-fi and space becomes literally for Star Trek the final frontier right Star Wars Star Trek these are just westerns in space
0: It's so interesting too because the filmmakers that then grow up the filmmakers that were kids during the golden Age of the stagecoach you know by the time mm-hmm. they are you know entering the industry entering the the medium, the genre isn't there anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. It's and so people who might have like at five years old went to go see a, a western and wanted to be western. You know, film directors went to Hollywood and started a film career, but couldn't get a western made. Um, uh-huh. And the, this is the story of, of John Carpenter <laughs> from behind Halloween. You know that, that, and and he's not alone in that. Um, there was an entire genre mm. that disappeared from the screen by by the mid seventies, basically.
1: Then it makes total sense that this thing. Being a screenplay in '75, getting turned into a novel because it didn't sell, and then the screenplay getting bought again, but not being made for 50 years.
0: Right in the '70s, it was at the death almost- of the genre at the time. You know, the perceived death of the genre wholesale, basically yeah. when he was trying to get it made. Which is then fascinating, like one of the bankable stars of the genre that went on and had a completely vast career. At the end of his career, came back to mm-hmm. that. That's why it's mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. So, well, oh, has- take that for thematics. So, yeah,
1: haha. <laughs> the term you're looking for that has come out more recently. Is revisionist western.
0: Ah, there it is. Yes, yes, I've heard. So what's
1: this? Is what these are all the ones that have come out that have played with the ambiguity of good and evil. What what roles actually were in the West? So Butch Cassidy in this at the end of the '60s was the forerunner that folks in the '60s liked because it wasn't the classic gunslinging macho man. And then of course, Brokeback Mountain, Django Unchained. Unforgiven, which was supposedly Clint Eastwood's last one in '92, but that one also was a
0: revisionist, morally ambiguous. The Hateful one. Eight, set in the snow, mm-hmm. which I'd love <laughs> yeah. to see the stage yeah. a stage production of that. Um, but I mean, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah,
1: all these all these revisionist ones. The most interesting one I can think of, which we also covered, Westworld. Yes, where the whole thing is a game to act out a fantasy. It's really playing with the idea. Yeah, of-
0: and and. Crichton wasn't long off of that idea. I mean, when the, the, that first movie came out, he's pretty aware of like the extent of the genre at the time, the perceived death of it at the time. And well, what else is it good for? Maybe it's just a component of a larger story. It's brilliant. The story. the Yeah. So the newer so. one definitely plays with that.
1: What becomes of this, the big one that I thought of that really speaks to the, the question of what is this becoming is the Lone Ranger film mm. that Disney tried to promote as a huge mm. blockbuster and then yeah. flopped horribly. And I, I had read from an article, Gore Verbinski, who was behind it, was also behind Pirates of the Caribbean. The thematic stuff he's playing with, or the even the content stuff, so like with Pirates of the Caribbean, you could make a movie about Caribbean pirates without addressing the slave trade because everybody knows pirate movies are about gold and treasure. Right. And it doesn't have to come up necessarily though it was a historical part. Westerns are about you know quote cowboys and indians or right. homesteaders on land. Yeah. So that history has to be addressed. The law. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the but the escapism of horrible but like savages on the you know like yes. all of that these are contradictions in the genre that nowadays starting in the 60s unless you Reconcile it, or in the revisionist way, or stop right, making them right. and turn to something else, a la superhero movies, which is American exceptionalism.
0: Well, yeah. Certainly, where we've put our stock the last, you know, twenty years, namely the last ten. But yeah, um, it's interesting. As and the lone gunslinger, when you get something right. like the Lone Ranger, reviving that property, but then reviving it in the spirit of like the Marvel. <laughs> right. style of production and storytelling it's interesting what we have tried to do with western and cowboy and the and those iconography pieces it's so interesting mm-hmm. how we've tried to now you know we we ran them through their their earnest extent we tried reappropriating them here here well oh maybe there maybe it's thematically maybe it is like a superhero movie mm-hmm. oh wait maybe not <laughs> right um <laughs> But it, it's and, and every once in a while you do get some really earnest westerns out there, um, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. My God. There it is. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. But that was even sort of a revisionist. Absolutely. One well. You know, yeah. and,
0: but it's doing it in a in a in a very earnest breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. You can't do it without speaking to the contradictions of the genre you know, like we, you're saying. We already it's talked about story. the
0: Green Knight. Well, I would love to see A24's you know version of the western. I don't think that they've done anything quite like that. So just like we've went to fantasy, uh let's mm-hmm. where where's do Billy the Kid, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it is it is interesting then to look at this with Clint and be like, well, he probably knows what he's doing being 90 years old and and reconciling what yeah. he based his career off of potentially this being his last thing or like you said coming back to it after 50 years and it having a a different maybe it's not the greatest story in the world it's very
0: classic it's very yeah 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 but cut and dry but yeah it's not the it's not it's not changing the world but in terms of what the film is about those thematics i think are really in need right now <laughs> I think I think no matter what it is you know whether it be a tired Clint Eastwood movie go back to the the, the title and the bare dynamic here between the two main characters we need to be getting these types of stories on the screen right now we need to be talking about uh, modern masculinity and what that is mm-hmm. what that can mean uh, and this is a good piece of how to talk about it this is a good step in that direction so I, you know you can say what you want about it but I, I, I do think that, if anything, it's, it's just good to have those thematics in the public zeitgeist right now. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
1: Yeah. So reach out to us. Please let us know. Do you think the modern Western is good or dead? or yeah, What is the not? modern Western?
0: Yeah. We we we, pro- we probably did a terrible job of like naming like the good ones recently. So you tell us what were some of the best <laughs> No country Westerns? for old yeah. men, that was another one. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we got we could do a whole episode. Uh that you know, let us know if you want that. But uh yeah, let us know. What's your what's your favorite uh modern western, revisionist western? What's your favorite western? Uh, let us know at the literate pod on Instagram. Taylor thank you so much this was, this was thank great you. thank you guys for listening we couldn't do it without you give us a review give us 5 stars 4 stars 2 some. stars drag us through the dirt in the comments if you like <laughs> it would mean anything to us to have some of that uh, goodwill our way thank you so much and we'll catch you next week